Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Hello there, Angie Austin here with the Good News along with Michelle Ron. So excited about this interview. Welcome, my friend, Michelle Ron. Oh, it's always delightful to be with you, Tootsie Pops. This is great. Thank you. You know, I am so excited that I actually brought this up to you because I just cherish our friendship. I'm almost going to cry. <laughs> um, well, back at you. <laughs> uh, just the years that we've been friends. And, you know, you're the same age about as my mom. And yeah. I wouldn't have normally like started a friendship with someone the age of my mom. And you said to me when we became friends, how you love these intergenerational friendships and how much we can learn from each other. And so I thought that might be a good topic. Oh, I think that's a wonderful topic. And I believe 120% that we need to be friends and have conversations and discussions and disagreements with all ages. I mean, that's, we need my, okay, my generation needs the younger generation, and the younger generation needs ours. I mean, it's it's a gift. It's a gift to have that. And if we stay, well, we'll we'll keep talking about that. I have some ideas. So yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, well, I well, I just um, you know, over the years, you brought it up so many times, and most of our conversations have been, you know, about faith and family and love and forgiveness and, you know, lessons you've learned as a teacher over the years and as a mom and as a mm-hmm. grandmother with five perfect grandchildren, <laughs> which makes me right, laugh right. whenever I say, now, how many do you have again? Oh, five perfect ones, five perfect ones. <laughs> and it always makes me giggle when you say that. And, that you know, you always say, uh, you know, make a good choice today. And I've That's said right. that to my children so many times over the years as I've learned that from you, uh, you know, make a good choice today. And I, I did message right while I was out of town and he's 18 and he was going to a party of a girl that they you know like each other and I said a birthday party and I said now yeah. don't don't ever feel any pressure to do anything you don't want to do because I know that a lot of these kids drink and sure. you know we hear all about the you know fentanyl mm-hmm. slipped into something they think is a painkiller this that and the other and he wrote me back like super irritated and it was really funny <laughs> because in fact I'm, I'm gonna see if I can find it because it was so funny that he He's such a good kid that he just assumes we should know, but he's a good kid. And he wrote, Mom, I'm really not that stupid. Are you kidding me? Why would you even send a text like this? I am 18 years old and haven't ever taken a sip of alcohol my whole entire life. No need to send me these kinds of texts. And I wrote back, I know, I wrote back, I know that. I'm just being a mom. And he goes, okay, sorry, I got mad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he good really is between the two of you yeah he's yeah. just such a good kid he's so responsible and his business just got incorporated he started it when he was 12 or 13 and uh he's you know kept it up all these years he never really took any time off and um now he's uh legend brands and you know he's got his llc Great. and yeah he, he's just really excited to go to business school you know next year and uh, you know, we, we told him to like get our emissions, you know, a couple of weeks ago or, you know, go pick up milk or don't forget to get your sisters at this time or and he does it all. You know, and I hit my husband's yeah. partner was like, your son's getting your admissions today. Like, did you have to remind him? And Mark said, no, I just told him to do it this week. And he decided he'd get it, you know, done right away. 
And so he yeah. did it on two or three of our cars. You know, the hill. Well, cause it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, cause that's good, a hor- that's a horrible good. chore. So I just think about the, the, the lessons I've learned from you. And one that, you know, well, I always you. think about is you told me once, I said, if you could change anything, you said you would have listened to Jesus more when you were younger, like raising your kids. And yeah. I always think like, am I doing that? Like, I don't think I'm doing that enough. And I always think back to you, like certain things you've said to me are like glued in my brain. And because I respect you so much, and there is that intergenerational thing, I do see your friendship as one of my more valuable friendships. Now, you and I aren't texting constantly saying like, oh, what are you wearing today? And oh, are you, you know, um, what's going on with Bob? And is he better at hugging now than he was before? Or, you know, how is he feeling? Like, we don't text like that. We have a real conversation once a week when we do our interview. We usually talk before or after. And I kind of lean on you when I'm having an issue. Well, back at you. I mean, it works two ways. And God is so good to put people in our lives um, that we each need each other. And I feel the same way about you, my dear friend. Thank you. Now, what what um, in your childhood, and I kind of know the mm-hmm. story because your mom was gone a lot and your dad had difficulties supporting right. the family. He had his own demons, uh, but he was, you know, around, but not your right. mom worked a lot. Like you said, 60 hours a week. So 60 hour a week. sometimes yeah. you'd Good come memory. home and be alone. And I know you'd kind of like hang out on the steps. Now, uh, what was the name of the man that would wait for you in Mr. Chitcha? Rubenstein. <laughs> Mr. Rubenstein. So tell us door. about that friendship and why it was so well, important just, to you. I mean, and, and I came home from school alone every day, my elementary, well, even into middle school, and we called it junior high. But so we lived in the third floor apartment and I no elevator. So you walk upstairs and Mr. Rubenstein would always be on the porch next door. And please don't think creepy. I mean, some people have said, oh, my gosh, that's really creepy. And it wasn't creepy at all. He just he would say to me, now, Mickey, how was your day? And I'd say, great. It was super. And he'd say, well, good. Go up and put your stuff away. And if you can, come sing me a song. And oh. it just, I mean, it was uh, it was the older generation watching out for the younger generation when my mom couldn't be there. And of course, when I went upstairs to the apartment, first thing I had to do was call mom at work tell her I'm home and what I'm going to do and yada, yada. But I mean, it's that kind of connection that we've, we've just become so paranoid about why are they doing that? Or is that out of something weird or creepy? And um, it's, it's sad. (laughs) You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you still have to have your wits about you, but obviously over the years, you knew that you would then come down, you would come sing him a song and hang out or talk about your day, right? Right. And, and he listened. He listened. And there's, and I think that's such a key word. How many of us really listen? Because our schedule is so busy. And so even when we're supposedly listening to our kids or listening to a neighbor that's telling us something, we're not looking at them. We're not giving them our full, full um, attention. And I, I think that's an art that we've kind of lost track of. So it, it has to be something we're concentrating on, just like what you were talking about spending time with Jesus and focusing on him. And um, that doesn't come easy. It, it is a habit that we need to build into. And um, I'm very thankful for the childhood that I had. Um, it, uh, per, it it provided me. And, and my mom had, she worked with all ages. And the, her office would have given me the shirt off their back. I mean, my dad was a bartender, and they would have done the same thing. I mean, it was I didn't know that. All ages. Yeah, well, he he was a salesman, but he was a bartender, and um, he just, yeah, 
yeah. So it it was lots. And, and he was a bartender on what people told me was the wrong side of the town, which I didn't know that. It was on the other side of the tracks, but it never meant anything because mom and I would go down there for fish fries on Friday night. And, and it was a great time. Um, people were wonderful to us and to my dad and to my mom. Um, you know, times... Times have gotten so critical of each other and judgmental, and I, I'm glad I grew up when I did. Well, I I love that you I love that you also see your childhood. I I like it. Like I will talk maybe more readily about things that weren't quite as flowery or wonderful, and sure. you you kind of understood that. Maybe your dad, like my dad was an alcoholic, period. And my, uh, and daddy was an alcoholic. That, and, was, that was the problem. And right? I do think it's an illness. And I think you oh, it saw is. it more as an illness, whereas, I mean, yeah, I see it as an illness too. But you, you, you don't say negative things. I mean, you really, you know, you know he tried and that he just wasn't capable of supporting the family like your, your mom was. Right. And so she took right. on extra responsibilities and she truly was your role model. And when I think, and, and I love it that you, you'll even, it's funny because when you're going to say something, you'll go, well, oh, and that's just how it was. You know, you won't say anything, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so I, I love your positive outlook on, you know, your memories that you you well, choose I, to I focus on the that. best. But I don't, but okay, I learned that from from my mentor of the mom. Um, and I don't ever want to come across as a total Pollyanna. And mom right. was, mom was, I mean, she did. And, and so many times there were things that she honestly, looking as I look back on it, but I didn't see it at the time, she should have seen more clearly the problem that was going to come. But Again, she was doing her best to keep her head up and and supply. So I don't know. I think there's a balance. Um, again, relying on Jesus. If I, as a child, I sure didn't recognize that Daddy was uh, that it was a problem. Um, I saw that he wasn't here, but I also saw that he loved me. And when we were together, it was always attention to. And I'm an only child to my mom and to me and. And so that was a good experience. It was not a negative um, in that respect. You know, um, when you talk about the intergenerational friendships, and I think of yours as one of, you know, the great ones for me, but it made me think back to when I was 12 turning 13. I lived with an aunt in Georgia. My family was in Minnesota. My mom thought she was going to move down there near my aunt. And with that said, I personally think she had bipolar disorder. I don't know that she was Mm -hmm. ever diagnosed, but she was violent when she was in certain stages and very controlling. And so that was the first time, even though my dad was violent with my mom and with my brothers, he never was with me. And so I had never experienced violence towards me until I lived with this aunt. And, you know, it wasn't daily or anything like that. But like if I left laundry in the washer, like she grabbed me by the hair and threw me into the wall. Or once she Mm. made me take vitamins and when I threw up, she made me eat the vitamins out of my vomit. Or she mm. like, I mean, I mean, they're horrible things to recount. Wow. But then she'd be just delightful when she was feeling good, you know, and not in one of mm. her despair, you know, sessions. Well, I would mm-hmm. run to the next door neighbor, Phoebe, 
she knew that I was not in a good circum- situation and she knew yeah. knew that it was abusive over there. So I couldn't, you know, you got phone bills back then that said exactly who you called long distance on your home phone. Sure. And of course right. there weren't cell phones. So she would allow me to call my mom on her phone. Like, and then mm. she called my mom once and said, I really think you need to come get her. I don't think this is a good situation. I think she's in danger if she stays here. Mm. And I think I was there for like, a summer and a semester. So it was probably like eight months. And it was really pretty mm-hmm. horrible because I wasn't with my family at all. Just this aunt and her really mean, spoiled daughter, just the two of them. And wow. so, um, and I, I shared a room with the daughter temporarily until, you know, she got angry and kicked me out. And I went into some hoarder's room where they put me. But um, it it was not pleasant. And I was a straight A no. student. And I stayed mm-hmm. a straight-A student there because that was my, always my only escape. But this lady, Phoebe, she had um, Cocker Spaniels, and she was single. She was a stewardess, and I just loved to go over there because she was so kind mm-hmm. and you know would give me a snack or whatever. But I had to be careful because my aunt would be calling the house, and if I didn't pick up mm. the phone, I'd get punished. You know, for like mm. being outside and not, you know, and mm-hmm. her not knowing where, because she was trying to control my every move. Well, I kept the diary, so she found out I was going over to Phoebe's and using the phone because I mentioned wow. it, you know, on my. But finally, after Phoebe's call, my mom did, you know, come get me. So uh, Phoebe actually did help me get rescued. And my mom never moved down there, which would have been the plan, you know, which would have been horrible because uh, right. she controlled right. my mom as well because they ended up living together later in life, and she was very abusive to my mother. So that would have been a horrible situation for me to be in mm. so there you have it wow. so that was my that was my mr rubenstein phoebe was my yeah. mr rubenstein well, thank thankfully she was there to provide for you you know i went back many later. many years later and she was still in the same mm-hmm. house and i got to see her and it was pretty oh, cool it was probably i was probably in my probably 30s i think maybe around 30 yeah. anyway it was neat it was many years after you know because uh-huh. i was 12 or 13 when i 12 when i met her so it was cool just to go back well i want people to be uh-huh. able to find you because you do a lot of speaking and you'd love to speak at someone's event so how do they find you michelle oh thank you michellearon.com and i appreciate that i'm speaking in december on christmas cards what uh, what they tell of us oh <laughs> i love you friend fun. Thank you, and I, I so am thankful for you, Angie. Thank you so much, and have a good week. You too. Estes Park is locked in to the mighty 670 KLT. Christmas shopping is never easy, especially with teenagers, and Arc Thrift knows that. Arc Thrift has recently added electronic gift cards to their website. Now you can easily buy that family member or special person a gift card electronically to thrift away. This gift is perfect for college students or stocking stuffers. Teenagers and young adults don't want to look cookie cutter, meaning they want that unique, one-of-a-kind product that you can only find when thrifting. Arc Thrift also carries gifts that are great for white elephant gifts, gag gifts, and even toys for the little ones. They have a vast variety of products, but for the holiday season, you can find cheaper-than-store-brand Christmas lights, indoor and outdoor decorations, and so much more. It is the season of giving, so don't forget to donate those clothes at the back of your closet you never wear to ARC Thrift. Give the gift of thrift by going to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Angie Austin and Dr. Royzen here on the good news. And the good news is he's keeping us healthy again with the latest research out in the medical world. Hey, Doc. 
How are you, Angie? I am great, my friend. So where should we start? Give us one of your favorites. Uh, well, I, there are a couple of favorites here. Um, and I think, you know, you pick a favorite and then okay. I'll pick one. Okay. I like, and I, the wording isn't the way that I would say it, but turning back subclinical atherosclerosis possible in some middle-aged people. And the reason I like that is that my father and even my brother who was killed when he was 32, he already had some um, artery issues, some atherosclerosis. It said it in his autopsy report. And I thought, oh my goodness, if he's, you know, in his early 30s and he already has this, this is something that we should keep in mind for the future. That's not why he died. But I mean, that that was something that I... It, my mind was just like, what? That's really early for that. So how do you turn back something like that? Well, this was a group of people that were followed um, without anything other than being followed. So it was 3,471 people who were followed in the study, and uh, they didn't intervene, but the, and the people knew they had subclinical atherosclerosis, and they used uh, cardiac CT to assess coronary artery calcifications, as well as uh, scans, what we call global plaque scans, and their carotid and femoral arteries. Okay. And it turned out 8% of them decreased it. The key was having very low LDL cholesterol levels and low systolic blood pressure and actually being female helped as well. Oh. So 8% turned it down. Female, non-smokers, very low LDL, low inflammation levels, and low blood pressure were keys. So you can reverse it. This was just subtle. These people didn't have overt, um, and they were followed for six years. They were 40 to 55 at the start, and over the six-year period, 8% reversed it. Now, we know you can reverse it from other dietary studies, the Ornish, the Pritikin, and the Esselstyn studies on diet, and we do it routinely with um, high-dose statins and anti-inflammatories now in other people. So um, we know you can reverse it, but this was people who did it um, on their own without any medication, but again, it was only eight um, percent, and the, and if you will, something like fifty-one uh, percent progressed, um, if you will, during that six-year period. So, um, only a few stayed the same, and a few regressed. And so <clears throat> when you talk about the Atkins diet and then tell me the other one, I know, I know him. I've read a bunch of his books. No, 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 it books. wasn't Atkins. Oh. It was Pritikin. Pritikin. That's right. So what are some of the things that people would put into effect in their lives if they wanted to also reverse atherosclerosis? What are some of the basics? Corn syrup, get corn, sugar, corn syrup, body of life. Um, no syrups, no simple carbs no red meat or processed red meat, and um, that, that is the key, staying thin, normalizing, making sure your blood pressure is low, making sure your LDL cholesterol is low, not smoking. So we know all those things, and anyone can do them. They're not, you know, whether it's with medicines or other things, anyone can do this. 
Well, I, I certainly am trying to put into, you know, uh, practice a lot of the things that you've taught me over the years. So I, th I think I'm on the right track. I think I told you to, I'm down like, I think 34 pounds. So I'm just kind of staying the same. And I work with a nutritionist and, you know, all that jive. So, and do the exercise. So I'm certainly trying. I even, oh, doc, you'd laugh. I got one of those machines you stand on that kind of wiggles your body. It's supposed to kind of like work a bunch of different muscles, like in your legs and stuff. And I mean, it really wiggles. And so my kids make so much fun of me and they're always hopping on it and joking around, but I definitely can feel the next day that my quads and hamstrings and calves, you know, if you do like a squat on it while it's like jiggling you around, I don't know. I kind of feel like anything you're going to use that helps in the exercise arena is, is worth it. Yeah, and, and but as you know, stress and food overwhelm physical activity. Physical activity can help with stress a great deal, as do friends, um, but uh, stress and food can overwhelm anything. Wow. So they didn't measure stress in this study of turning back clinical atherosclerosis, but they did measure the others, and uh, food and blood pressure um, were keys, as was LDL. All right. All right. Now you pick your favorite. Mine is the, I, I suppose, would be the uh, dietary um, inflammation index is linked for risk for fatty liver disease. And at the same time, it would be fat hiding around the organs. Uh, it raises your odds for Alzheimer's. And it's the same issue. It is simple sugars, added syrups, simple carbs, red and processed red meat, all increase your inflammatory index of your food. So it is those soft drinks with sugar or high fructose corn syrup in them. It is the um, simple sugars that are added. It is high blood pressure. Those things add fat to your dietary component in your liver, meaning they get processed. Simple sugars are the worst thing for your uh, liver, and they get processed into um, what we call insulin resistance in your liver, which adds fat around your organs, fat around your liver, fat around your heart. And I'll tell you how to look for it in yourself in a second. Okay. And that increases your risk of dementia as well as liver dysfunction. How do you measure it? The simple thing is take out a tape measure, measure yourself around at your belly button with you sucking in. So suck in good. And if the number on your belly button, if you double it and it's higher and it's greater in inches than your height, you know you've got fat around your organs and your liver and you've got to do something about it. Or right, so give, give, that, that, give that measurement it, again. It's the, your waist size as measured at your belly button with you sucking in should be less than half your height. Okay. Or doubling that, doubling your waist size should be less than half your height in inches. Okay. So if you're 32 around the waist, it's not your dress size. It's right at your belly button. Okay. Um, and at your belly button, if it's, say, 32 and you're 5 feet 4, that's fine. If you're 32 and you're – or you're 33 and you're 5 4, you have an inch of belly fat to lose. And that's the key. Oh, that's good info. All right, Doc, tell us about uh, where to find you, your website, more info is longevityplaybook.com, longevityplaybook.com. 
Thanks, friend. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Appreciate it. Oh, it's my privilege. Thank you. Thanks, friend. We'll always love having the doc on the show. And talking about how lowering stress is so important to our health, pets are proven to reduce stress. And this time of year, we often want to get something fun for our furry friends. Here to help is pet living expert, Kristen Levine, who has a blog called Pet Living and is also the co-author of a book called Pampered Pets on a Budget. Welcome, Kristen Levine. Thanks, Angie. It's great to be here. Uh, Do you really have a pet named Tulip? I do. That is the coolest name. I have a Lulu. I have a Lulu with s'mores, a Mr. Fluffy, and then I have a Butch, and I also have a (laughs) Chi-Chi. I love it. I love it. But, you know, we don't call her Tulip. No. They have names, and then they have the names you call them. Like, we call her Tutti Frutti. Oh, I love it. (laughs) They're the best. I love pets. They are. All right. So um, let's let's get started, because I'm not the best pet gift buyer, and so I'd love some help in choosing a gift for, you know, our pets. Sure, let me help you out. So first of all, you don't have to overthink this. I think the best gifts for your pets are gifts that help you spend more time together. So it can be something as simple as, you know, uh, a new dog toy that you have to, you know, play use to play with your dog, or it could be um, a leash for longer dog walks. Um, but you know, when we spend more time together, we all, both the pet and we, the human, get to benefit those those. Um, you know, physical, mental benefits, the oxytocin production, and and it's all good. I agree. I've been um, combing my um, pets a lot more lately, and they absolutely love it and just fight for it. So in terms yeah, of... It's, it's calling for you, too. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I, I, I don't even know what i do with them. I've got three kids in high school, so I need these pets for my sanity. <laughs> You do. <laughs> All right. You know, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, a place, to, a good place for you, you know, as the expert, where do you like to go to find fun pets, uh, uh, gifts for pets? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I started PetSmart because it's a great one-stop shop destination. Yeah. We're all busy during the holidays. So anytime I can go to one place and get everything I need, I'm, I'm all in for that. Uh, not only do they have everything you need, but they have really great prices, too. So one of PetSmart's bestsellers is their holiday advent calendar for dogs cool. and cats. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're super cute. They're filled with toys and treats to help you count down each day to the holiday. Um, and they also have toys under five bucks, believe it or not. Um, I actually just bought this cute little Hanukkah dog toy for my niece's dog. Um, they've got a merry and bright reindeer elf cat toy. And for people that have rabbits or hamsters or guinea pigs, they've got this adorable mistletoe wood shoe. So really, something for every pet. And they will even donate a dollar to PetSmart Charities for each Chance and Friends toy that is purchased. Oh, cool. All right. Well, I'm always, I used to buy the cheap dog food and I totally get it now. I buy like the best that I can get, you know, to keep them healthy. So any ideas for uh, gifts to keep the pets healthy? Yeah, absolutely. You know, ear infections, which are often displayed by pawing at the ears, they're the number one reason for unplanned vet visits, especially as our weather gets colder and rainier. So this holiday season, I'm suggesting you give your pets a gift of health and I'm recommending Project Watson Ear Wash and Ear Wipes for Dogs. Oh, cool. Now they're made with a yeah, they made with a gentle pH balanced solution that helps support cleaning and care, and it keeps the ears free from dirt and uh, debris. And regularly cleaning your dog's ears, like every every couple of days, um, when you use the Project Watson ear wash and ear wipes, it can help reduce the risk of infection and unwanted vet visits, which obviously keeps you happy <laughs> as well as your dog. But that's another great way to bond with your pet is through, like you said, through grooming them or cleaning their ears. Um, 
it's really a win-win opportunity for you both. I found that um, brushing their teeth is not a good bonding experience, but still <laughs> must be done. All right. How about, um, how, how about for the pet parents? Anything for the pet parents? Yeah, I've got a really practical gift for pet parents. You know, we love our pets, but we don't love their fur sticking to our clothes. So Suavitel Shed Shield is the perfect gift for that pet lover in your life. It's designed for pet parents, and Suavitel Shed Shield is a new fabric conditioner that actually repels pet hair versus just using detergent alone. So, um, And at the same time, it's going to keep your clothes really soft and fresh. So this way you can spend more time loving on your pets and less time worrying about furry mess. Love it. All right. Anything? I've got time for one more. Anything like a unique gift for our pets? Sure. How about this? A gift to help you get to know your dog better. Ancestry, the global leader in family history, just launched their Know Your Pet DNA, its first dog DNA test. You know, with Know Your Pet DNA, people can learn more about their dog's breed mix, traits, and matches, all in a single at-home test kit from the DNA experts at Ancestry. And it's the most scientifically advanced dog DNA test on the market giving you insight into your dog's physical and behavior traits. So you can pick that up for under $100. Well, and, really a good, and the good thing, too, is it doesn't go into CODIS, so they won't link, link my pet with any crimes. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't... We don't. <laughs> Right, we don't want that to happen. No. And, and that you, can, you can find that, Angie, at petdna.ancestry.com. Here, give that give that website again. Sure. So for the um, the uh, your pet DNA is you know your pet DNA is petdna.ancestry.com. But you can learn more about all of these gifts I just mentioned if you go to tipsontv.com. Tipsontv.com. Well, that makes it easy. Thanks, Kristen. That was fun. My pleasure. Thanks, Angie. You bet. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM 670 KLTT.